welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. My name is Nathan Lear and with my co-host as usual, Glenn Fairburn. So before we start today, I just wanted to explain um, a little bit of a change we're going to be making to the podcast. So we've been going for probably a couple of years now, Glenn and uh, covered off on a lot of, of great topics, but we just thought um, a great opportunity for us was to bring on a few guests. We've had a few guests over the, over the journey, but probably going forward um, every month or so, we'll look to bring on a, a new guest. Um, as always, focusing on um, improving financial financial literacy and awareness, uh, but di- you know, a range of different people. Um, so, Glenn, I'll hand over you to introduce our guest today. Yeah, so this week we've, uh, as you said, we've got a special guest, um, one of our new uh, advisors, so recently promoted private client advisor, Alison Dallow, um, who's been with us for five years, gone through our graduate mentoring program. So welcome to the podcast, Alison. Thank you. Uh, we thought today we'd just have a bit of a chat about, I suppose, your career to this point, um, and, and we'll obviously have a bit of a discussion as to why you became an advisor and so forth, but obviously recently elevated from associate into uh, a role as a private client advisor, um, so in your own right, advising clients. How's the uh, transition been? Has it been three, three, four months now? Yeah, it's been a few months now, but no, it's been great. I think, especially with the benefit of our mentor program here at Hewison's, it hasn't been such a huge shift in terms of workflow and things like that. It's the same thing, client-facing, um, being really hands-on with our clients' work and things like that. Um, more so now, it's more accountability, you know, having my own book of clients, um, which has been really great, and just taking real ownership. I think yeah. being able to be on the client's journey from day dot um, has really helped with that. Um, so we've seen our clients grow from day dot onwards. And just on the um, the mentoring program that we have at, at Hewison's, obviously, well, myself and, and Nathan have gone through it um, throughout our careers and, and maybe if we just touch on that, like how that works, um, how you found that's benefited you, mm. um, just so our clients understand the process that, that we go through as advisors to, I suppose, from the point where we perhaps graduate or start as, a, as an associate and then work our way through to becoming an advisor. Yeah, absolutely. So with, um, with an associate, so we start off with partnering, I guess, with an advisor at Hewison's um, and then attending client meetings, being face-to-face. Again, like I mentioned, being there from day dot and really um, understanding clients' objectives um, and going in to all client meetings. But then also on the strategy side, working with the advisor to really produce our best work. Cool. Um, I might just ask a question. What, what initially drew you to the financial advice industry? Was there anything in particular that kind of pricked your interest to to get into it or did you fall into it or yeah, tell us about that? Um, I guess it started off in uni. So I went into a business degree, not actually doing any kind of business subjects in high school. Um, But then I did a financial planning or wealth management type subject and that really piqued my interest because it was concepts that I guess everyone should be knowing, whether it's super, uh, insurance and things like that. And I think just the whole practicality of it, I guess it really drew me and I uh, realised that um, everyone should know about it. And yeah, I guess from there, relating back to me, um, my personal experience with my dad being really sick back in the day, um, I really saw the benefit if we had a financial advisor to really guide us through that process. Um, Not that that would have made things any better on like, 
you know, brought my dad back or anything like that. But having the right insurance, right strategies in place would have really, I guess, helped in some aspects um, really to release the stress and things like that. I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, such a such a, a great point there. And I mean, we, we unfortunately, we, we go through that a bit with our clients where you know, they fall on hard times with their health. And um, if we can, we always say, or I always say, if I can take away that, that financial stress element of your For life sure. at that difficult time, it's just going to, it's just going to make things a lot easier, isn't it? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just go one more before I hand back to you, Glenn. Um, w- when you were younger, like let's say even in your early teenage years or whatever, into your teenage years, were you always into into kind of money or shares or anything like that? Or did it kind of develop it more at uni, like you said? I think developed it in uni. I mean, yeah. I think f- for now, I definitely see the benefit of actually teaching this kind of stuff to kids. I mean... We don't, I'd never really learned about the tax system or insurance. I mean, in high school, you're looking to buy a first car, like even the importance of insurance there, how to save up for your car and things like that. Um, I think I definitely learned that more in uni and saw the benefit of it. And I guess that's what really drew me or motivated me to keep going. It's probably very much an understated thing, like in our education system, isn't it? We, mm-hmm. we sort of focus on the reading, writing, arithmetic and so forth, but there's really very little financial literacy isn't it yeah and and i guess you really depend on your parents at that stage i mean if they uh have really good financial habits and that then you would hope to pick that up but if your parents are not in that position um i guess it can be really difficult especially when you're out in the real world got got your first job and things like that that's the point where you really need good financial habits to set you on your way has it surprised you like as an advisor, even during you know your your, your sort of period as an as an associate, mm. the role that we p- play as an educator as well, oh, even huge. even just with what we'd perhaps regard as um, you know fairly common knowledge or whatever it may be, you know th- things that are aren't highly technical, but uh, the role of an advisor really is education, isn't it? Yeah, education, um, really setting uh, clients and even their kids on the right path. Um, something so simple as getting the right investment option in your super for example me being in my 20s I don't really think about super but it's really educating even my friends about that which is really important I guess um, thinking more long term and things like that so as far as getting back to Nathan's question you know the the why Mm. which is a pretty common term these days on a company level on a personal level as to you know why do you get up each day what what motivates you Um, is it really around financial literacy, helping people Mm. become more educated in financial matters so they can make better financial decisions? Is that sort of what drives you as an advisor in the long term? I think that's a part, um, definitely a huge part. I think the other part is really building relationships. A lot of people don't, I guess, know exactly what a financial advisor does, but Part of that is really building the relationships and trust. Um, that's the part that really keeps me going. Because we're talking to everyday people that just need guidance, really. And yeah, definitely we're helping our clients um, achieve what they're wanting to achieve, whether it's you know annual holidays or paying off that mortgage and things like that. But for me personally, it's the relationships that we have. Sure. We've done, I mean, we've done a dedicated podcast to the what does a financial advisor do and uh, I think yeah, the the relationship side of it is is, is so important. Like, that's mm-hmm. the one thing that our clients come back to us and, and tell us what what do they value the most about us, and it's the yeah. relationship. And, and a lot of those surveys that are, are put out, usually it's relationship that's right at the top of the uh, of the list there. So, um, 
just in in terms of the the role, um, any any challenges? Like, do you any kind of you know, in your role as an advisor? Like, is there what one thing that you find difficult or any mm. challenges in the role? Or? Probably more so. You want to help everyone, but unfortunately, we just can't help everyone. It's more of a time balance because. Um, really, yeah, I think just time. I'd love to be able to help more people, but I need to think to myself, no, just take it day by day and um, put my best foot forward. But, um, but yeah, but also probably the biggest challenge is just being um, up to date with current events and things like that. We obviously really, um, I guess, recommending investments and things like that to our clients every day, but being across what's actually happening outside of our office and... Um, having those kind of discussions with our clients because a lot that's in the media can be hyped up. I think just really bringing that expectation down. Um, but yeah, so probably just keeping abreast of everything. It, I suppose it's one of those roles that is driven by financial knowledge and financial literacy. But I mean, as you would have experienced in the last you know four to five years working in an advice role, there's a fair bit of counselling involved as well, isn't there? So you know that that's why from our perspective as you alluded to earlier the that mentoring program that we that we go through as advisors where you're working with another advisor because it enables you to just get so much experience with mm. different clients different situations and how to deal with it doesn't it because it, yeah. th- there are a number of things that come up that may not necessarily be financially driven but very much life experience isn't it For like sure. it's Sure. A lot and of financial counselling and just general counselling, dealing with different, whether it's the death of a family member, whatever it may be. Yeah, and emotional intelligence is such a huge part of our job, which I guess a lot of people out there might not realise. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So as, as an industry, um, obviously as a financial planning, as a, as a financial services industry, it has evolved a lot. I mean, I've been in the industry for almost 20 years and seen a, a, a lot of changes and, and even yourself over, over a five-year period. Um, and I, I suppose, look, it would be fair to say when I first started, you know, 18 years ago, it was very much like a male-dominated industry as far as advisors go. Um, and, and now it is changing. And I suppose it's – I remember when I, I didn't even know what financial planning was when, mm. I, when I was, you know, early, early uni years. And, and I suppose the initial drive uh, for me in financial planning was, you know, their interest in investing and things like that. Do you, I mean, how, how have you found the evolution of the industry? Has it, have, have you seen it change even in that small sort of short period of time? Um, do you think that, that we're doing the best we can to attract more women to the industry? Mm. Um, and the reason I, I say, are we doing enough to attract more women to the industry? Because I think that there's this percep- perception perhaps that women aren't interested in financial services. Mm. But it's what are, what are we doing as an industry to make it attractive, to, to really show what the role of an advisor is i mean i know that's a pretty long-winded question but yeah. how, how are you finding that as a female in our industry that traditionally is, is quite male dominated how have you found that mm. with your experience i think from at the start i was pretty naive walking in thinking oh everything will be you know not easy but you know just smooth sailing um i've definitely over the years especially going to like major conferences and investment seminars and things like that I've definitely noticed that um, I may be one or very few females in the room. Um, that comes down to, I think, confidence. And confidence is not something that, for me personally, I just had from day one. It's something that I've built over time. And again, that comes down to mentors, I think. I know 
now at the moment in the industry or not even just specific to finance but mentors there's such a it's a buzzword almost but having really good mentors that not adjust um there to tell you what you want to hear but more what you need to hear um so i think just building that relationship with mentors around you that who think differently as well to build yourself up um but yeah but as an industry i think we are we're doing as much as we can i think being more present in um uh, in universities um which i know has been building i've met a few people that uh, working in universities and what they're trying to do to really engage with particularly um, young uh, women um, but yeah I think at the end of the day we can always do more be more present and things like that and more so show that financial planning is not just investments it, it's really about relationships and we need more women in the industry I mean to give that perspective um, at the end of the day men and women uh, think very differently so really being able to have that presence and have that um, I guess, difference of perception and things like that is really important. Sure. Yeah, and it's great. Look, as a business, you know, we've definitely within our planning team, we've we've got some great female presence now and hopefully mm-hmm. that really expands out. And I think, yeah, definitely the, as you said, you know, we are wide slightly different. We think differently. So when we, we workshop a lot of our client scenarios and it's great having the, you know, the different points of view For sure, in yeah. that room. Um, I was going to kind of go down a slightly different path. Before I did that, was there any... Any other points that you wanted to, to, no. to jump on? No. no. Um, I was just going to – I mean, Alison, you – as part of the, the advisors we – and associate advisors, we all, we all put out blogs and a lot of content and a lot of great content and you included in that. Um, for, for, you know, let's say younger or anybody really looking to, you know, improve their financial awareness, literacy, is there any tips – and I'm putting you on the spot here, so if you don't have anything, that's fine, but – I know you've put a few blogs out recently, um, you know, whether it's budgeting, insurance, you've already mentioned a few things along the way, but any kind of for someone starting out, any little pointers you can, you can yeah. lead them in the right direction? Um, probably my, the first point would be um, jump online. There's so many resources, like good resources backed by our government. So even the Money Smart website, which um, I personally use the budget tool on there. I mean, at the end of the day, if what we want to achieve really comes down to what way, what are the small habits that we can put in place now and budgeting is very important. Um, so, yeah, start from budgeting, how to save and things like that. Um, lean on your friends as well. I think we don't discuss enough with our friends about like what we're doing in terms of savings and just being able to get tips from them. Um, automate as much as you can, even with savings, um, putting in automatic transfers in place, just so then you don't have to think about it. Um, but yeah. And, and what about from a, for someone who might be listening to this podcast and thinking, well, you know, being a financial advisor or financial planner, it seems like a pretty good sort of career path, mm. um, whether it's those in high school or university or whatever it may be, what would your advice to them be as far as an appropriate pathway like what what should they be doing now whether it's you know maybe it's um you know year 12 students looking at mm-hmm. university degrees that they could be considering or e- even university students perhaps finishing their their degrees what what should they be looking for doing and who should they be talking to if, if they think financial planning could be a career for them mm. um i think if you're in year 12 definitely speak to your career counselors at school um and look at courses uh, in business, commerce. I know there is now a graduate program for uh, financial planning specifically. Um, I think 
just really knowing your options is really important and speak to people in the industry as well. I mean, there will be more often than not, if you pick up the phone to speak to a financial advisor, they will be more than happy to help you, guide you on the right path. I think really leaning on people like that, giving first-hand experience is really important. Yeah. Um, and if you're in university and you're in a degree that um, doesn't quite um, fit with what you want to do, Again, speak to your universities and see what the next step you could be because you could be doing a master's in financial planning, which is obviously more directed towards the financial planning path. Just be mindful of because our industry is changing, especially on the back of the uh, Royal Commission, just making sure you're doing the right um, units or the right degree to be able to be qualified at the end of the day. And I think just expanding on that, I mean, I, I think about how you were introduced to us. Yeah. At, you know, and I, I think it's whether it's speaking to family, your parents, um, who their advisor is, oh, approaching companies and maybe doing some work experience. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that's how... That's how I came about. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what, what can maybe just tell the listeners about how you were introduced to us and, and how you eventually became employed in our business. Yeah. So, I spoke to a close uh, family friend and um, she mentioned that they have a financial advisor. So she said that she'll put me in contact with uh, one of the advisors here, uh, which is Chris Morgan, and spoke to him. And then I guess I started work experience for a few months, a couple of days a week while I was doing uni. Um, and then, yeah, long story short, I got my first full-time job in the client service uh, area. So really starting off in the admin side, really understanding our system, um, and also just the logistics of, you know, placing investments, trading and things like that, which I think is really valuable when you're first starting out. Um, but again, that also started with building relationships with clients. So that mm. was really good practice. Um, and then, yeah, that's when I moved into an associates. But that, that's why I, I stress on the fact of talking to family, friends or even just cold calling um, advice firms out there because you just don't know what can make of it. And I mean... I, I didn't leave after the moment that I stepped through this door um, and that really, I guess, motivated me to keep going as well and why I love financial planning but also like our company as a in general. And I think that's just a great piece of advice for anybody in any industry, isn't it? Like just get your foot in the door yeah. because even if it's paid work experience, unpaid, because I, I remember when you started, Alison, we were just like, we just have to have her in our company. Mm. So w whatever the role was, we, we just knew, you know, through that, experience because it's experience for you but it's also an opportunity for an employer to you know engage with new people oh, and young huge. people and whoever yeah. you know if they've got the uh, motivation to want to do work experience i think that's already a, a massive positive mm. um so yeah i mean i agree i couldn't stress that more just to talk to whatever industry whether it's financial planning or, or financial services experience um, is just so important at the end of the day and any experience any isn't experience it? absolutely it can be even i started off in like trading like that i learned so much about investing and things like that um but yes yeah, so just take that first step i know this first step's always hard but you just got to take that first step and i think it's a good opportunity not only for the employer to in some ways interview you on the job but it's also an opportunity for you as a as an employee to look at the company and and, and mm. determine whether it is you want to work for that company as well yeah and i think that's just as important isn't it oh absolutely because you know, it's all good and well just wanting to get a job but i yeah. think and and any experience you can get is, is perhaps good experience but 
you also want to be employed in the right company. So there's mm. there's things that you can learn, I suppose, which can hold you in good stead longer sure. term. And I guess another buzzword is culture. I mean, culture is really important. And being able to, if you love who you work with, it doesn't feel like work when coming in every day. So that's another thing that really keeps pushing. And just on that, I mean, what, what are some of the key things, like whether it's culturally that mm. you'd be suggesting to young people to look out for, like as far as um, obviously, you know, looking for a re, you know, respectable um, with a company with high integrity. But what are some of the other perhaps cultural things that through your experience are really mm. important that, that have kept you in the company, that have kept you motivated and, you know, kept you happy mm. coming to work each day? I think first and foremost is being able to come into work with friends i think that yes that takes time to build over time but um yeah i think working with what i feel are, are my friends that really help because i mean we're working whether it's 10 uh, eight to ten hours per day we're with our people for a majority of our day so really being able to enjoy each other's company is really important um also having a team around you having your mentors again around you that um you can look up to and are really um, are happy there to help you along the way and yeah. empowering you, I think, also. Um, empowerment, another buzzword in the industry. Um, but, yeah, I think empowerment and allowing you to, one, be yourself still and not really pushing you into a corner or a cookie-cutter kind of situation yeah. and really allow you to blossom. Absolutely. Hmm. Thanks, Alison. Thanks for joining us Thanks, today. Guys. and And sharing with us your experience and, and as, as, a, um, as, as an advisor. Um, so we hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast and as Nathan said, we'll, we'll be hoping to have um, guests probably every four to six episodes. So please look out for that um, and we'll look forward to chatting you all again next week. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just, just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.